Hello everyone and welcome to the July 29th edition of the WorkCop Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Foles, an attorney with the Floyd Scarron Law Firm. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started with our litigation report. A $2 billion jury verdict has been reduced to just $86.7 million for a couple who blamed the weed killer Roundup for their cancer. The Roundup litigation is based upon the contested assertion that the product causes cancer. And the outcome of these cases may be a precursor to California agricultural workers filing workers' compensation claims against their employers. That Superior Court judge presiding over the case in Oakland said the jury's billion-dollar punitive damage awards were excessive and unconstitutional. But he rejected Bayer's request to strike the punitive award outright. Bayer is the manufacturer of Roundup, and they said the decision to slash the award was a step in the right direction, but added it would file an appeal. The company continues to believe that the verdict and damage awards are not supported by the evidence at trial and conflict with the extensive body of reliable science and conclusions of leading health regulators worldwide that confirm that herbicides can be used safely and are not carcinogenic. Bayer faces Roundup cancer lawsuits by more than 13,400 plaintiffs across the United States. The Germany-based company bought Roundup maker Monsanto in a $63 billion deal last year, but has since seen its share price tumble over the litigation. The plaintiffs allege Roundup causes non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and that Monsanto for decades tried to influence scientists and regulators to bury cancer evidence. Bayer denies those allegations. Bayer has lost three jury trials in the Roundup litigation so far, with juries in California awarding multi-million dollar awards. It is appealing all of the decisions. In August, the company is scheduled to face its first trial outside of California at a courthouse in St. Louis, Missouri. A $13.4 million restitution order has been affirmed by the Court of Appeal in the largest California workers' compensation premium fraud scam ever. Michael Vincenti Pentranella owned several businesses, including the Reroofing Specialists Incorporated, doing business as Pentranella Roofing, Western Cleanoff Incorporated, and Petronella Corporation. The State Compensation Insurance Fund compiled a list of persons who filed workers' compensation claims under Petronella Roofing's policy, whose payroll had not been reported to the carrier. After an investigation, the State Fund discovered that the difference in payroll reported to the EDD and that reported to the State Fund exceeded $29 million. Pentanello was convicted of 33 counts of insurance premium fraud and was sentenced to 10 years in state prison. He was also ordered to pay $500,000 in restitution. But back in 2013, the Court of Appeal reversed the trial court's restitution order 
but otherwise affirm the judgment in the published case of People v. Michael Vincent Patronella. Now, after additional restitution hearings since the 2013 appellate case, the trial court has increased the restitution order to $13.4 million from the prior half-million-dollar restitution order. This was $18 million less than what the prosecution requested, but $12 million more than what Petronella felt he owed. So, Petronella appealed the second order for the second time, contending that the court's restitution order was irrational and lacking evidentiary support. The Court of Appeal disagreed with Petronella and affirmed the second restitution order. The Court of Appeal said that Petronella carried out one of the largest insurance premium scams in the history of California's workers' compensation system. To that extent, the scope and nature of his misconduct precludes an exact determination of the state fund's losses. Thus, the equities favor the state fund as far as calculating the amount of restitution that is due. So, in light of all the relevant considerations, the Court of Appeal was satisfied that there was a factual and rational basis for the trial court's restitution order and that there was no abuse of discretion or other ground for reversal that was shown. And now our crime report. 74-year-old Michael D. Drobot, who was the former owner of Pacific Hospital in Long Beach, is now imprisoned at the Taft Correctional Institution in Kern County. Overall, prosecutors charged 17 individuals and obtained 10 convictions as part of Operation Spinal Cap so far. The operation targeted a long-running health care fraud scheme that generated nearly $1 billion in fraudulent claims to federal government, California state, and private insurers. Durobot spearheaded the scheme and pled guilty. He cooperated with authorities in prosecutions of some of his co-conspirators. Drobot admitted that he paid bribes to California State Senator Ronald Calderon in exchange for Calderon performing official acts to keep the spinal pass-through law on the books. Calderon served three-and-a-half-year sentence in federal prison after admitting that he took bribes from Drobot and undercover FBI agents. Now, in January 2018, Drobot was sentenced to five years in federal prison and was ordered by the court to forfeit $10 million to the United States government and to partially satisfy the forfeiture by selling his 1965 Aston Martin, his 1958 Porsche, and his 1971 Mercedes-Benz automobiles. Instead, the new plea agreement that was just entered admits that Drobot intentionally violated the court's forfeiture order in an effort to keep his criminal proceeds. For example, Drobot conveyed an interest in the Aston Martin car to a classic car auction company in exchange for a million-dollar advance on the proceeds of the car's sale. According to the new plea agreement, Drobot admitted 
that, he caused the auction company to wire him $1 million to his bank account. Drobot also admitted he used the money for personal expenses and not to satisfy the court's forfeiture order. Drobot further admitted to laundering the money by way of transfers to third parties. After Drobot violated the court's forfeiture order, the government moved successfully to satisfy the outstanding money judgment by forfeiting Drobot's interest in his Newport Beach residence and Paris, California business property. Drobot has now agreed to plead guilty to the new federal criminal charges arising out of his absconding with the proceeds of the sale of his cars. Drobot is scheduled to be arraigned on the new case in the coming weeks in the United States District Court in Santa Ana. For the new case, he faces a statutory maximum sentence of 50 years in federal prison. A former U.S. Marine, Bradley White, pleaded guilty to fraud charges, admitting that he participated in a scheme that built the military health care program known as TRICARE out of more than $65 million. White is the sixth of eight defendants to plead guilty in the case so far. He admitted that he fraudulently recruited patients in return for a percentage of the amount TRICARE reimbursed for compounded medications that his sham patients ordered. His sentencing is set for next October. Compounded medications are specialty medications mixed by a pharmacist to meet the specific medical needs of an individual patient. Although compounded drugs are not approved by the FDA, they are properly prescribed when a physician determines that an FDA-approved medication does not meet the health needs of a particular patient. A team of individuals, including White, worked to recruit and pay Marines, primarily from the San Diego area, and their dependents, all TRICARE beneficiaries. This information was then sent to Choice MD, a Tennessee medical clinic that employed doctors Carl Lindblad and Susie Virgo. Doctors Lindblad and Virgo then wrote prescriptions for the TRICARE beneficiaries despite never examining the patients in person. Once signed by the doctors, these prescriptions were not given to the beneficiaries, but instead they were sent directly to particular pharmacies controlled by the co-conspirators. The prescriptions were filled and billed to TRICARE at exorbitant prices. TRICARE then reimbursed the pharmacy, and which it in turn paid kickbacks to the pyramid scheme of recruiters. Both Dr. Lindblad and Dr. Virgo, as well as Candace Craven, a nurse practitioner at Choice MD, have pleaded guilty for their roles in the conspiracy. CFK Incorporated, the corporate owner of one of the pharmacies, has also pleaded guilty. Josh Morgan, another former Marine from San Diego, also pleaded guilty. White was the eighth defendant charged in relation to this fraud scheme and the sixth to plead guilty. The two remaining defendants are Jimmy and Ashley Collins, who are the owners of Choice MD. That case is still pending. 
65-year-old Tom Fallon was sentenced after being convicted in an open plea of 25 criminal counts of money laundering and grand theft. Fallon was sentenced to 10 years and 4 months in state prison. Restitution was ordered in the amount of nearly $1 million. Fallon convicts victims to deposit their workers' compensation settlement checks into workers' compensation and Medicare set-aside accounts as required by law. However, their settlement funds were deposited with companies he owned in order to embezzle nearly a million dollars. Fallon worked in the same office as the victim's attorney. His companies were Fortis Financial Insurance Services, Incorporated, and Legacy Group Financial. During the victim impact statements, most of the victims had the opportunity to confront Fallon in an open court hearing. After their testimony, the judge stated in open court that in all of his years on the bench, he had never been so moved by the victim impact statements presented before him that day. Jamie Cerna, formerly of Fillmore, was placed on formal probation for a period of 36 months after pleading guilty to making a fraudulent statement for the purpose of obtaining workers' compensation benefits. Cerna must make restitution to the victim, American Claims Management, and serve 180 days in the Ventura County Jail as a condition of his probation. Cerna was employed by Agromen in Santa Paula as a truck driver, and he injured his right shoulder back in 2010. He was placed off work on temporary total disability and had a shoulder surgery. He remained off work and continued to collect temporary total disability benefits. In 2012, the employer received a tip that Cerna was working on cars and engaging in physical activities that contradicted his claimed physical limitations. Its workers' compensation insurance administrator retained private investigators to conduct surveillance of Mr. Cerna. They obtained seven and a half hours of surveillance video of him working on cars at his residence. He was seen removing a radiator from the engine compartment and removing and replacing batteries and the wheels and tires off the vehicle. He was also observed picking up a 36-pound floor jack and carrying it into his garage. In July 2012, Cerna gave a deposition and lied under oath about his injuries. And in regulatory news, the Division of Workers' Compensation has assigned a California Highway Patrol officer to each of the state's 22 Workers' Compensation Appeals Board offices. This decision followed a handful of violent attacks against lawyers. But sometimes it's the lawyers themselves that need policing. Paige Levy, the chief judge for the DWC, said that in the past several years there's been a degradation of civility among the attorneys who practice before the board. She said that it's gotten to the point that she's posted notices in some of the boards reminding attorneys to be civil to one another. And she claims that eventually such notices may be posted in all of the WCAB offices. 
Chief Judge Levy reported these developments during the California Coalition of Workers' Compensation's annual conference. She said that there have been too many times she needed to call an officer into the courtroom just to deal with the fighting between counsel. Judge Levy's comments came as she updated members of the employer advocacy group on happenings at the DWC and the WCAB. Security at the Los Angeles board became a concern in 2010 when an injured worker stabbed a defense attorney in the back. In 2017, the California State Bar added a supplement to the oath that attorneys take when they enter the profession. Rule 9,4 requires attorneys to strive to conduct themselves at all times with dignity, courtesy, and integrity. The New York Department of Financial Services has fined Berkshire Hathaway-owned Applied Underwriters $3 million for offering workers' compensation insurance bundled with side agreements. These side agreements were called reinsurance participation agreements and were not filed with or approved by the New York Department. Under these side agreements, many employers paid substantially more than what would have been paid under similar workers' compensation plans. Applied offered workers' compensation insurance products in New York under multiple names, including Solution One and Equity Comp. Their products included guaranteed cost workers' compensation policies issued by Applied subsidiary Continental Indemnity Company. Back in 2016, the California Department of Insurance also announced a similar decision against a Berkshire Hathaway-owned workers' compensation insurer. The CDI said the company used a complex insurance scheme involving equity comp to circumvent regulatory review of its rates and policy terms to the disadvantage of small and medium-sized businesses. At the time, the companies involved also used side agreements that were not approved by the California Department of Insurance. Now, the New York consent order states that Applied has ceased offering the bundle in New York and will not offer any equivalent side agreements going forward and will file any future products with the department for approval. Additionally, Applied will not enforce any arbitration provisions under contracts agreed to in New York or with New York employers. Berkshire Hathaway has now agreed this year to sell Applied Underwriters to Bahamas-based United Insurance Company. The California Office of Self-Insurance Plans Summary of Private Self-Insurance Data has now been published. It offers a look at California's private self-insured claims experience for cases reported in 2018. The new report summarizes the experience of private self-insured employers who covered 2,260 million employees last year. Wages and salaries for those private self-insured employees totaled $112.7 billion in 2018, or 9.1 percent more than the $103.3 billion noted for self-insured employers in the 2017 summary. 
The new report says that the incidence of both indemnity and medical-only claims frequency rose from the 2017 levels. This is the second consecutive year that frequency increased. Private self-insured employers reported 83,873 claims in the initial reports for 2018. This was 4,218 more claims than in the 2017 first reports. Private self-insured employers reported a total of $238.6 million in paid losses on their 2018 claims. This was $19.9 million more than the comparable payout for the 2017 claims. The total incurred losses on these claims jumped to $659 million. This was up $28 million from the initial incurred reported for the 2017 claims. And in medical news, a new study published in the American Journal of Emergency Medicine shows that patients who only briefly take opioid painkillers are still likely to face serious side effects. While side effects associated with long-term use of the drugs have been widely studied, this is not the case with patients who take opioids for less than two weeks. To learn more, researchers studied 386 adults who had been discharged from an emergency department with an opioid prescription, 80% of whom took the pill at least once. More than half the patients who used opioids reported feeling drowsy. Patients also reported side effects like constipation, dizziness, weakness, nausea, and vomiting. Overall, 79% of patients who used the painkillers said they experienced side effects that can be related to these drugs. The type of opioid being used seemed to affect the patients differently. For example, dizziness, nausea, and vomiting were more often associated with oxycodone than morphine. And these side effects of opioids can severely affect the patient's quality of life. Opioid-induced constipation, for example, was a particularly persistent problem in the new study. The higher the dose of opioid, the more likely patients were to feel constipated. Despite the risks and the side effects, the researchers say that opioids should not be avoided entirely. Instead, patients must be properly informed of the side effects that are likely to be faced and given advice on how to manage them, such as avoiding driving because of possible drowsiness or taking laxatives to manage constipation. So that is all of our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone, your iPad, or your Android device by searching for the WorkComp Academy with your podcast software. We also publish a daily flash briefing on the Amazon Alexa Echo platform. Search for Workers' Compensation News on the Amazon website. Again, I'm Renee Foles with Floyd Scarron, Manukian Langeman. Thanks for joining us today. Please drop by again next week for more news.